Due to the graphic nature of this podcast, listener discretion is advised. This podcast may contain, but is not limited to, strong language, sexual content, violence, and death. This podcast may not be suitable for listeners under 18. Hi, I'm Christina. And I'm Crystal. Welcome Welcome to Crime Crime Night. Today's episode is about killer kids. The first kid that we're going to talk about is Joshua Cooper. On Friday, November 25th of 2022, at around 4.11 p.m., the Ben Salem Police Department in Pennsylvania received a 911 call from a woman whose daughter had received an Instagram video chat from a friend of hers. A 16-year-old Joshua Cooper, who also goes by the name Ash. And during the video chat, he confessed that he actually had killed someone and asked her to help him clean it up. Wouldn't it be weird getting a phone call like that from somebody that you know? Be like, hey, I just killed somebody. Will you come help me clean it up and dispose of the body? Yes. And she actually had, you know, as soon as she got that video, she did the right thing and she went to her mother who then uh, contacted the police yeah at that age you got to think at that age she was was trustworthy enough in her mom to let her mom know hey i just got this phone call and this is what's going on well i'm sure she was like freaking out like what like yeah this person just killed somebody now they're contacting me i (laughs) she probably was like i don't know what to do and went to her mom and her mom went to her mom you know would as an adult knows what to do in a situation yes. like that. Mm-hmm. So during the video chat, Joshua had said that he had killed someone and asked her to help, you know, not only clean up the crime scene, but also to dispose of the body. And he actually had showed um, a bit of the victim's legs as well. So the other girl definitely knew that this wasn't like a prank or anything mm-hmm. like that because she actually did see it. So the police actually went to Joshua's house in Ben Salem. Now, Ben Salem is a township in Buck County, and there's around 60,000 residents. So it's a good-sized town, but it's not super big. It's not a large city, but it's a nice size. Mm -hmm. Quite a bit of people. And that is actually about a half hour northeast of Philadelphia. So it's probably kind of like Philadelphia, I would think, would be like Chicago and then how we have a bunch of little like smaller smaller towns big towns yeah and and they get smaller as they spread out so that's what i would kind of vision it to be Mm -hmm. exactly now police indicated that they had arrived and saw joshua actually run out of the back of the house so he know he he knew he was going to be in trouble and this was at his house that this happened at when they actually entered the home, they did find the deceased who was a 13-year-old girl and she was actually laying on the bathroom floor. And it appeared that she had been shot with a large caliber weapon and she was actually wounded in the chest. Now, evidence at the scene did indicate that there was um, substantial steps that were taken to actually clean up the crime scene. So he tried to clean it up himself, apparently. But probably, he was probably cleaning it and when the police came and then He took, took off, off running. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, police also found a gun safe and a holster without a gun in it. 
in a back bedroom. Although the holster thing, I mean, not everybody keeps their gun in the holster when they're at home. Most people don't. They keep it in a safe locked up usually. Yeah. Or if you keep it in the, like your gun in your nightstand drawer. Yeah. It's not going to be in the holster. But it's not. Yeah. Well, that one might. Probably not. But like you're not going to put in the holster until you're going outside with the gun. Right. Right. It makes no sense because it's going to prohibit you if you need to use it in the case of an emergency. Now you have to take it out of the holster. So now you're going to be fumbling around. Yeah. Yeah. So most people are not going to. Especially when, like if somebody has broken into your house, like you're going to be panicked already. Yes. You don't need to be fumbling with trying to unsnap something and pull it out and, mm-hmm. and then make sure it's loaded. You're not going to go through all that. Other responding officers did conduct a search for Joshua, and Joshua was actually apprehended a short time later in a nearby wooded area as he was taken into custody at that point. So once police had Joshua at the police station, his mother obviously would be there because he was underage. Mm-hmm. So he had to have a parent. So his mother was the one that was there. and. He told police that it was an accident. No, I mean, I can see if they were playing around with it and he actually accidentally, like, pulled the trigger, but I don't think that this was the case. At 16, they shouldn't be playing around with a weapon. They're not toys. They're weapons. Well... They have a purpose. They're not to play with. Well, at 16 years old, you're not too um, knowledgeable on on things like that. I mean, people play Russian roulette with guns and different things like that. So, I mean, it's... At 16, I knew better. Well, I had a lot of gun safety. I was going to say, you also grew up around them. (laughs) Yes. Yes, I grew up. Well, I have a military father. So, you know, I was very familiar with gun safety from a young age. Yes. Joshua told investigators that he had been reorganizing and sorting the safe earlier in the day while his father had been out hunting. And it was indicated that he actually had to replace the batteries in order to open the safe. His yeah. father had actually previously removed the batteries, so I wonder if he had issues with Joshua getting into the safe previously, and that's why he would have right. removed the batteries. They didn't say why, but I no, but the if, dad was smart enough to do that. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder if there had been previous issues because that just makes me think that there might have been mm -hmm, something that happened before so joshua stated that the unnamed victim had actually had texted him that morning and later was dropped off at his house and they reportedly were watching netflix and he said that the victim went to use the bathroom and he said that he actually did not accompany her I would hope not. You wouldn't have to. I mean, you, you could tell the person, hey, it's down the hall to the right. I mean, I'm sure they can find a bathroom. Well, I think that they probably would have asked if he, like, went with her, like, follows her there because oh. that's where she was shot. So. Yeah, true. They were maybe wondering it. So I'm guessing at some point after she went into the bathroom, he got the weapon. And then, so it doesn't seem like it was like they're playing with it. True. So it doesn't seem very accidental. No, does not. Because he would have had to, while she was in the bathroom, go get the gun and then come back right. to where the bathroom is. So, um, he also claimed that him and the victim had previously had a relationship. That's just hearsay on his yeah. end. Yeah, but he says that. And the girl was 13 and they're not going to be naming her due to her age. So, at this point, him and his mother kind of terminated the interview. Which um, was very smart on his end. Which, I don't know why they weren't talking with a lawyer in the first place. No, they should have had a lawyer from, Especially from minute like one. Especially with a, a murder and, that, an underage. that happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people just 
they're still in shock of the situation. So yeah. they're not going to be so like, oh, talking. we need to get a lawyer. But that should be the first thing that you need to do is we need to get a lawyer. And if you can't afford one, you need to tell them you, we need a lawyer. Joshua was actually charged as an adult as Pennsylvania's law do require juveniles to be charged as an adult for homicides and other violent crimes. And that's in a lot of states, I know, mm -hmm. um, that yes. that does, does mm -hmm. happen. And at 16, you know about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of states, even for like minor offenses, if you're 17, you're considered an adult. Yeah. So, yeah. so it, it just depends on the state yeah. laws there. But for murder, most states, I think, would charge a 16-year-old oh, as definitely. an adult. Mm -hmm. Juvenile defendants can actually request to have their case transferred to juvenile court, but they must prove that doing so would um, serve the public interest. So there's there's loopholes in things. Yeah, and they basically have to prove that it wouldn't affect society around them, but I don't know about in this case. This seems like that might be a, a, a tough thing yeah, to it, do. I, I don't know if he had intent to do it or if it was just an afterthought when the girl got there, but it was seems very suspicious. Now, Joshua's charges actually include criminal homicide and possessing instruments of crime and tampering with or fabrication of physical evidence with the cleaning up of the crime scene and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. Now, he is actually being held without bail in a juvenile detention center. So that that does happen a lot. So they probably want to keep him there. Well, they probably have to, I think, like in other like TV shows and stuff that I've seen, <laughs> it seems like that they keep you in like a juvenile place like even if you've already been charged with like murder or something until you're 18 and that's when they transfer you which um, they, yes. is probably for safety reasons and whatnot exactly i mean at 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 that age you're you're still immature you're still a child yes i mean mm -hmm. at 18 i think a lot of kids at 18 are still immature and are children i i would say you're probably like immature until mid-20s oh when definitely people start at least 21 really, at the earliest in mid-20s i think is when most people start to be more adult-like and less mm -hmm. childlike in my opinion at least definitely so anyone with information about this incident should contact detective ryan kolb at 215-633-3746 or Detective Sean Smith at 215-633-3687. You can also, I'm sure, contact like Crime Stoppers and any other local authorities and they'll help you get in touch with who you need to get in touch with. And I know this is a still undergoing investigation as it's it's not such a cut and dry case. I mean, it's a it's a him saying that it was an accident and then nobody else was there, right. There was so nobody there, so, so it's collect the evidence and mm -hmm. figure out you know what happened for sure, which takes a while sometimes. And we will have that in the description if you do have information. That way you can reach out and contact somebody. And like we always say, even the slightest little detail may help lead them into the correct direction so even if you have just something even if you've heard somebody say something or have seen something or know something just don't hesitate it may help him out or you know her out the next child that we're going to talk about will remain unnamed as he is only 10 years old on november 21st between 6 a.m and 7 a.m 44 
Kiana Mann was actually shot in her home in Milwaukee, Wisconsin by her 10-year-old son. She was shot at close range in the basement after she refused to buy him a $500 VR headset. That's crazy. Shooting his mother over that? So the boy initially actually claims that it was an accident and that he had been playing with the weapon and accidentally shot his mother. How do you accidentally shoot somebody with a weapon? How is it, how does a 10 year old get a hold of a gun like that? So that's just. Well, that night before, he actually stole the key to the gun safe and was able to get the gun. Um, he did end up eventually admitting that he did shoot her. And I think it was his aunt that he ended up admitting this to. And then they had contacted authorities, you know, because they were afraid as this boy has a history of rage issues. And he did say that he wasn't meaning to shoot his mom, but that he was trying to shoot the wall and that she stepped in front of it. So I don't know if he's just saying that or if that's what happened. And maybe she stepped in front of him thinking if she... Like, he wouldn't discharge the weapon if she stopped in front of him. So, if she did actually step in front of him, she probably didn't think that he would go that far. He does have a history of rage issues, which he was getting help with. Yeah, he was in therapy for it. I mean, his rage issues started at, seemed like a very young age. I mean, reports back to even four years old. That's that's very young for, for somebody to have such rage issues. I mean, he was torturing he tortured his puppy at four years old so i mean there's there's a pattern of this i mean there is there's got to be some sort of a mental illness that he was suffering from yes and there are reports that he was diagnosed with a disorder that's all they kind of said they didn't name it either way he was getting help at Mm -hmm. the time that this happened and it had to have been hard on his mother because she was a single mother basically raising him and you know the boy's father has made a court appearances so he is at least somewhat involved yeah. in there there's not a lot of information on like the family no. how the family was no. he but, does have an older sister too yes, that she was does. like 26 years old so i'm sure that she kind of helped play the adult role yes. in this as well and uh, with the mom you know having to take care of him probably more care you know than a normal 10 year old would need due to his issues and because of that she did have help like the family had originally been helping out but because they were having so many issues with him it became more difficult yeah but a family can only help so much because they're they're in it they're in it i mean they're 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 so close to the situation that there's just they can only do so much well the family was helping like care for him when she had work or had to Mm -hmm. do things but then it got to the point where he was too much for them so they weren't helping out as much as they had been so i'm sure it was getting extra rough on her Mm -hmm. and i couldn't imagine having a 10 year old or any young child that has rage issues and you're getting him help and nothing is working like i wouldn't know like what do you do in that situation that had to be really tough for her so the boy was actually charged as an adult with first degree reckless homicide. Now in Wisconsin, their law does state that juveniles who are at least 10 years old who have allegedly attempted or committed a first degree or second degree murder or reckless homicide can be charged as an adult. So the youngest is 10. So if he was nine, 
he would, it would not be okay. a different situation. But being that he was 10 years old, it turned this into a whole different ball game for them. And I was kind of shocked when I saw that they're charging him as an adult. Because, I mean, at 10 years old, yeah, it's like he admitted that knowing that guns kill somebody. But I don't know that at 10 years old, you have like the full understanding of knowing what exactly like death is is and how permanent it is right and, and we don't know what type of a mental illness he had or whatever mm-hmm. but i mean that could have helped hindered in his yeah. judgment yeah. as well and when you're dealing with mental illness your brain doesn't work the same as a normal brain it would work it's not different wired the same. so you mm-hmm. know his brain would work differently than a normal 10 year old as well now upon conviction of the offense a class b felony the defendant may be sentenced to a term of imprisonment that does not exceed 60 years so he could be going away for 60 years at the age of 10 he wouldn't get out until he was 70 that's his whole life i would think for like a situation like this obviously he has problems so i think they would go more like the route of rehabilitation i would hope i would hope so too but then you know they would have to evaluate if he could even be rehabilitated exactly exactly Mm -hmm. Like in the last case, he does have the possibility to be convicted as a child instead of an adult if they do prove that, you know, it's fine for society to have him convicted as a child rather than an adult. So it, there is a possibility that it could get moved from adult court to child court. So just days before we actually did the filming of this on December 7th, the boy did make a virtual court appearance from the juvenile detention facility in Milwaukee. And they are required by a earlier court order to keep his face hidden and his images hidden and stuff like that. And they cannot use any of that in any manner whatsoever because I'm sure of his young age. Yeah, again, especially because he hasn't been convicted. You don't want that going with him, you know, if he Mm -hmm. does end up innocent, but he seems to have already admitted to it. So, yeah, this is going to be a tough one, I think. It is. It is. It's going to be rough for the jury. Could you imagine yeah. having to be the jury that's looking at a 10-year-old And deciding and the rest deciding, of his life yeah. for him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I wouldn't want to be on that jury whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Now, during the actual briefing of the virtual hearing, his father did make appearance on the Zoom, but he did not comment. So he was there, and he did acknowledge that, yes, he is the boy's father, mm-hmm. but he didn't make any comment, which does not surprise me at all which you know in that situation what comment do you have to make exactly nothing so prosecution did actually state that they have an amended complaint that they're going to file but they are not going to reveal any of those details which that's very common Mm -hmm. in a situation like that so the judge did actually previously set the boys bond at fifty thousand dollars but his public defender is actually trying to get that lowered Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing so he could be around family. I mean, it's yeah. it's got to be tough on him in jail. It, I mean, it's like got to be, be tough all around for yeah. everybody involved, even the courts. Like, it's always rough when you have a situation yeah. where, like, you have a, a young child who committed a heinous act, but they also at the same time have, you know, troubles that have been being worked on. And so it's not like nobody was, like, right. taking care of him. He was... Getting, getting the help the help he needs he yep. just wasn't at a better place yet exactly now his grandmother also did indicate that the boy did suffer from a severe psychiatric illness 
and that the boy did claim to hear imaginary voices in his head. He claimed that there was two girls, one woman, and two mean men um, that would tell him to do bad things. And he also had trouble sleeping and stuff like that. So he did apparently have have this situation going on. This wasn't just a made-up thing because he shot his mom. This is something that's been ongoing Yeah, there's evidence that they have been treating him and whatnot for yeah. all this. And his grandma did state that the boy did say that the voices were louder in the morning and they would usually start around five or six in the morning sometimes as early as four o'clock so that would kind of line up with the time framing that he shot shot his his mom Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and she did also indicate that the boy had hard time understanding emotions and reactions and that he did act out a lot so Mm -hmm. it's there is a history there it's not once again it's not something that's just made up for the situation Mm -hmm. that had happened that one's gonna be a tough one with the the 16 year old that's a little more cut and dry yeah evidence and this one is just gonna be a tough case all around it's gonna be hard on the jury it's gonna be hard on the judge it's gonna be extremely hard on the families it's just not a good situation to be in at all so we wish the best for the families on both the victims and also the suspects that because they're not they have not been convicted yet so we do wish the the families the best and hope everything works out thank you for listening to crime night we release new episodes every other wednesday at 6 p.m central You can find a link to our sources in the episode description. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube under Crime Night Podcast. Good Good night. night!